Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome. In this unprecedented time, as parents, we're finding ourselves at a loss with our kids, explaining why they can't go out and see their friends. Today, we're talking about what social distancing really means. Joining me is Dr. Jennifer Varese. She's a pediatrician with Family First Pediatrics in Texas. Dr. Varese, I'm so glad to have you join us today. Let's start with a working definition of social distancing versus isolation and quarantine or social isolation. Tell us what those words mean. Yes, let's delve into social distancing. So first I want to just clarify that the whole point of social distancing is to reduce opportunity for the virus to thrive. So viruses like the new strain of um, coronavirus thrive in areas where there's a lot of people and a lot of contact among those people. So that means that we are avoiding areas like restaurants and shopping centers, movie theaters, large church gatherings, um, a lot of places that are shut down right now. Um, And we're also avoiding play dates and playgrounds. Wow, you know, all the fun places, really, for kids. Mm -hmm. That's all the fun places. So let's start with some of these. First of all, playgrounds. I mean, because it can live on the surfaces of the playground equipment. Is that why? Or because you would be too close to another child? Because some kids want to go out and sit at the playground like six feet from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of reasons. So as we all know, the New England Journal of Medicine released a study that has been propagated through multiple media outlets on how long the virus can survive on different surfaces. Now with plastic, we're seeing that it can survive like two to three days, maybe longer. With stainless steel, you know, it can survive quite a long time. And so we, that is one reason. We don't know who has touched those surfaces prior to your child sitting on it and and touching it. The other thing is that when we know how difficult it is, just think about it. For moms who have younger kids at home, how difficult it is to manage them, uh, you know, tell them not to touch things, remind them to wash their hands, remind them to cover their mouth when they cough or sneeze. When we go on playgrounds or on play dates, we know how hands-on kids can be. And we have less of that control that we have in the home and less of that like direct supervision that we have in the home. So that increases the likelihood of them getting closer than the six feet and um, you know coming into contact with each other um, in a way that would not be conducing to, conducive to reducing the spread of the virus. But there are alternatives. So for, let's see, like for older children who can comply with maintaining that six feet, it's okay to take a walk in the park. It's okay to take a nature walk um, where you're not coming in, you're not touching any services and you're not getting closer than six feet within anybody else. And um, for other children who, you know, uh, would like to talk to their friends, there is always the option of virtual meetings. That doesn't have to go away. 
And there are lots of activities that we can do with our children at home to keep them busy. Well, that certainly is good advice. And I mean, I've even heard my kids who are older teenagers say, well, if my friend's been isolating for 14 days and hasn't gone anywhere or done anything, why can't they come over? And I've been trying to explain to them, well, you don't know really who's coming and going from their house or what's been touched or if they've had groceries. We don't know. And so that's another discussion, right, is even if their friends are isolating, they still can't get together because there's just this unknown. Exactly. And there's too much risk with that. We are seeing and we now know that um, someone can carry the coronavirus and not have any symptoms at all. And so really it is prudent to behave like everybody outside the home could be a possible carrier. That's really the mindset that we need to approach this with. And yeah, so that, that is the concern. Even if you know the person seems fine, they're not having any symptoms, we, at this point, we do not know that they are not a carrier. So what are some alternatives to play dates? You mentioned for teenagers, obviously, they can FaceTime. They sit there and Snapchat or make TikToks for each other. They don't really care. But the younger ones, <laughs> I mean, I really don't think they care. My kids absolutely do not care. But, I mean, the younger ones and even the tweens that are sort mm-hmm. of like itching to get with their friends, what do we do with them? Awesome. So that's a great question. For the younger ones, this is a great time to spend time with them. The American Academy of Pediatrics has always recommended reading with your child. So for younger children, this increases their speech development. They can look at your mouth, see how you move your lips when you make the words. And so it's a great time to bond and it increases their speech development. So reading a book with your child is great. There are a lot of activities that children can play with on their own while mom gets some things done in the house. They can play with balls, blocks, jump ropes. I've been seeing some awesome masterpieces of the faux stained glass art where you know you use the tape to make the designs. I think that's on fences, on bedroom windows. That's a great activity to keep your child busy. We also want to help the child have a sense of normalcy by developing new routines because as the you know, time of shutdown has been extended, I think more and more parents are realizing, you know, there's a possibility my child is likely not going back to school this semester. So rather than wasting precious time just like watching movies and videos and waiting it out, it's a great time to return a new schedule um, to the family. So for older children, you know, we still recommend the nine to 10 hours of sleep. So creating a routine that returns that to their lives. Um, Also having a family meeting where we talk about, okay, what are some of the goals with this? We know that things are not like what they used to be, but they don't have to be completely, you know, disorganized. We can have a new routine that's set up. So what are some things that are really important to you? So, for example, education goals with online learning or fitness goals or health goals. How are we going to stay active? Emotional goals. How are we going to maintain a, a positive outlook throughout all of this? And then together as a family, creating a schedule that's realistic for everyone 
and meets those goals and needs. Virtual meetings are great, but we don't want to allow our teens to spend, you know, all of their time online or looking at a screen. We still want to keep an eye on screen time. And for the younger children, parents still want to be that gatekeeper. We want to, there's a lot of negative information out there. And as a parent, you want to be the one to set the tone for your family and for your household. You kind of want to be the gatekeeper and the fact checker for your child. And so that's another way to kind of keep an eye on what your child is watching. Well, that's really a good idea because, as you say, I mean, with all this time on their hands, and one of the things that I've done with my kids, Dr. Variste, and I have these two teenagers, is said, you know, we're all so busy all the time. But with this time, and some people have a little downtime, maybe more than they used to, I said, we had a family meeting, and I said, make a wish list that Mm -hmm. is like the kind of list that you would say, and I told my husband the same thing, that you would say... When I have time, I want to this. Or, gosh, if I wasn't so busy and I had some time, I would clean out a drawer or go through my clothes or write in my journal or any of those things. So that follows right along with your family meeting and setting those goals. I think that's such an important point that you made, and I'm so glad that you made it. So before we finish, what else would you like parents to know and take forward to their kids? about this term, this time that we are self-isolating, the importance of it, why we can't, you know, do play dates, and maybe some language that they can use for the younger kids that won't scare them, but will explain to them why. Absolutely. So we want to always reassure our children and let them know that we're always here if they need someone to talk to. And if they have any questions, we want to be the person that they can go to for that. Um, But just speaking directly to adults right now, before you make yourself available to your child to have that conversation, make sure that you have had a conversation with yourself. As adults, we also have anxiety that we need to address and acknowledge in a safe manner because if you were trying to reassure your child while you are in an anxious state, children can see right through that. (laughs) So address your anxiety first and then have a conversation with your child where the whole point is to empower them and reassure them. So when we talk about things that we are not doing anymore, immediately follow that with an alternative of what we can do, okay? So we're not having play dates anymore, but we can do FaceTime with Johnny this evening if you want or some other activity that they would appreciate doing. The other thing is empowering them with what they can do to help fight this virus. So reminding them that ways that we can get through this is by washing our hands with soap and water for 20 seconds, covering our mouth when we cough with the tissue and then throwing the tissue away, you're coughing into the crease of our elbows, These are all things that we can do and just reminding them because that empowers the children and it helps them not feel helpless in this time. And also that positive reinforcement goes a long way. When you see a four-year-old washing their hands, make the effort to say something about it. Give them some praise for that. Encourage them, acknowledge the efforts that they are already making 
um, you know, to comply with social distancing and reduce transmission. I think it's great advice. It's so important, you know, because we're all going through this right now and, and it's so new and it's so unprecedented that we really don't, there is no guidebook. So you just really gave us really great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Verist, for joining us today. And parents, share this show with your teens. Share it with other family that you know. Put it on your social media because that's how we're all learning from these experts together. She gave some really great advice today. So share it with people that you know because we are all in this together right now and it's really taken a village to keep our kids occupied and for all of us from going stir crazy at this time. You're listening to Healthy Children and all of our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. And we know they are the gold standard and we love our pediatricians here at Radio MD. Thanks for listening and please listen on RadioMD.com, but you can also listen at Spotify and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever podcasts are played. I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.